Welcome to Ozarks Hates and Hooch. This ain't no fancy, academic, check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks, sipping and spewing about Hanks, Hooch, and history. And welcome to Ozarks Haints and Hooch. This is Dina, and I am sitting here with Dawn. Hello. And we've been really busy. <laughs> we have. Yes, we know that this one is going to be late, and sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. Uh, Dawn's been at the Cincinnati Fringe Festival for a week and a half. Which I just spent an hour telling Dina all the things that happened. And I went, um, I've been working, but... Scooter and I also took a short vacation that ended up being a research trip, and you'll get to hear about that later in a in a later show. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to remind you that we were on all the social platforms, Facebook, Instagram. We have a website, ozarksaintsandhooch.weebly.com. Um, you can find us on all the platforms. Um, when you do find us on that platform, please go in and give us as many stars as you can. It helps us to be more visible to people who might not know they want to listen to us, but they do. They I know. They want to listen to us as soon as they hear us. They do. And subscribe. Hilarious. We are hilarious in our own mind. Yeah. Um, I will say that I am sitting in a very squeaky chair. Can you hear it? So, if you hear that throughout the thing, so sorry. Um, Dawn's got the story tonight. Um, what else? Well, uh, we got a Patreon. We're really... I know, we ask you all the time, please support us, please support us. But honestly, please support us. I mean, it really is kind of coming down to we're going to have to start making some decisions here because uh, it's ended up costing us, me and Dina, more money. And uh, so, please, if you can... Find it in your heart to either give us a little couple dollars monthly or give us one sum that would really, really help us out. The other thing it would do is um, we've got some ideas for some cool merch that we could offer you, mm -hmm. but we can't do that unless we've got some money to pay for it. So that's oh. my commercial. All right. Also, Elvis is here somewhere, but I haven't seen him. Oh, so I think he he's may, asleep on the bed. In he there. may not make any noise yeah. today. And Dina brought me um, mozzarella sticks, so you may hear the bag crinkling because I haven't eaten all mine. I, I did. I inhaled mine as soon okay. as I got them. Um, so I'm going to go to the drink. So uh, Dawn hates it. It was kind of syrupy at the beginning, but now the ice is melted, so it's not so bad. It's called the Honda... Plus, her tongue is um, numb now, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she can't taste it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's called the Haunted Mansion, and it's purple. Um, oh, that right there. Yeah, so it's um, one and a half ounces of vodka, an ounce of blue Caraco. Is that well, how you say that? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know. I try and stay away from that <laughs> stuff, because it's so gross coming back up, is all I'm oh, saying. Okay. Well, I don't plan on doing that. An ounce of grenadine and two ounces of cranberry juice. And you mix that all together and it makes a purple drink. You're supposed to rim the glass with purple sprinkles, but I couldn't find purple sprinkles. Oh my God. Imagine all the sugar. I know. Um, it is, right at first, it was super syrupy. Um, it has melted a little bit now, the ice cubes, and it tastes more like grape Kool-Aid. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. 
No, it's not grape Kool-Aid. It's something else. It looks like grape Kool-Aid. It looks like grape Kool-Aid. It doesn't taste like grape Kool-Aid. Yeah, some... you can taste the cranberry a lot and then all that sweet liqueur stuff. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but, you no. know, sometimes we don't get, pick winners. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Yeah. So, yes. I'm going to let Dawn go on with her story. I'm going to get comfortable. It's going to be um, some noises, and then she's going to go. Okay. There it goes. There we uh, go. I got to say that this rocking chair noise, though, really is from my child. I mean, our childhood. I don't know if you. Yes. I just did. Yeah. Okay. So I am talking today about something that I didn't have any idea about. And um, I mean, I didn't know it existed until I think I was doing a search one day for something else and it popped up. But today we're talking about the historic haunted castle house in Brumley, Missouri. It is, in one uh, source, it said it was the Midwest's most haunted house. And in another source, it said it was Missouri's most haunted house. So, there is, like everything, there is a lot of misinformation about this house. So, the first thing I'm going to do is read you kind of a blurb from one web, one, God, <laughs> one so website. And, um, the, uh, which uh, the current owners completely, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what you're going to say. Well, they debunked it all. Everything that the, that oh. the blurb had said. So anyway, it's, um, it is a 165 year old Queen Anne Victorian that's been re restored, um, now this part's true or at least everybody says they the activity includes lights turning on and off by themselves cold spots footsteps whispering and whistling noises some visitors claim to have captured ghostly pictures um there is a cemetery and a mass grave behind it so that part's true okay Here's the part that's not <laughs> this is long <laughs> and b honestly i got back day before yesterday mm -hmm. and then yesterday i took mom to the doctor and did a show last night none of this is rehearsed is what i'm trying to tell yeah. you like at all okay so here's what it's advertised as the house was built in 1850s by uh, in 1850 by owners dr walter dixon and his wife martha during the civil war the castle house became a center for injured soldiers who were treated by dixon under a truce some of the past patients are said to stick around the house, especially the ghost of Dixon's wife, Martha, who suffered a stroke at the top of the stairway and is said to roam the second floor, still dolled up in a party dress because they were uh, supposedly having a party. Um, she was a socialite who hosted elaborate parties in the castle house for local notables and politicians. Legend has it that one Saturday near the turn of the century, she was preparing to host her biggest party yet, but died suddenly before her guests arrived. Dr. Dixon found her body at the head of the stairs. Um, in 1862, Union troops biovacked in the pasture around the house. After a guerrilla attack by Confederate troops, a truce was called, and injured soldiers from both sides were brought to the castle house for treatment. Dr. Dixon had a field hospital set up on the south side of the house. All of that is untrue. Um, so how interesting, right? I mean, that just goes to show you got to be careful what you read on the interwebs because 
There's nobody policing that. So this uh, house, I mean, like, I can't believe we don't know about this because it was featured on The Dead Files. Season 10, episode 2, the, t the um, uh, 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 title was called The Night Terrors. I found it on HBO, season 8, episode 2. <laughs> so um, I'm going to put that on the website if you want to go watch it. It's, it's okay. Um, and the couple that is featured in that is not the current owners. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Evidently, the Dead Files maybe were spot on with what they told them to do because oh. immediately they sold it. Um, so these current owners, I mean, not current, damn it. The, the, this, okay. I, I think the dead files was done in either two, 2015 or 2016. Again, not rehearsed. And so um, they said that the couple that were on this show said they had had, they opened it up as an Airbnb and they had 14 couples in six months who didn't make it through the night. They heard banging on the second floor especially. They felt like they were being watched. The wife in this episode gets sick in the house um, and so does the husband. Like they have pre-existing conditions but they get a lot worse. Hmm. Um, What's her name from the Dead Files? Do you know yeah, her? Oh, you know. The redheaded one. Yeah, which, I, you know, I got to talk about her. I would not be her friend. She's like all full of herself. <laughs> and the guy is kind of dumb. I'm sorry. It's just, I'm calling it like I see it. Uh, anyway, she saw a dead transparent guy in the walls who would come out through the wall and hang over your bed and kind of look at you and breathe on you. Oh, thank you. She said he wants to leave, and that's why he's banging around, so he can't get out. Um, she said she saw a female. She spies. She's very judgmental, and she died there of a wasting illness and was crying over a man. Um, and this might be uh, one of the owners of the house named Macomb, and I'll get to him in a minute. Um she also saw, she said there were so many sick patients um, when she walked in the house that it was so chaotic that it made her sick and she, it was hard for her to separate anything. Um, uh, yeah, she said these patients, um, I don't know what that means, what I just wrote down, affecting their health for six months. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe that's the owners. Um, she said she saw another man who's not a problem. He's actually kind of nice. He just hangs out. And that might be the second, uh, or the second doctor that was an owner of the house. I'll talk to him in a minute. So at the end of the episode, spoiler alert, she takes both transparent ghosts home, the mean one and the woman, and she basically said um the the rest of them are fine so oh one of the things was this couple when the the 14 couples in six months you know then they were like oh no what do we do so they started billing it as a haunted bnb and you know the dead files people have trouble like they she doesn't like that she thinks that's not appropriate and ethical but 
because it's exploitive. Um, but she told them that she didn't think that they were really doing that, so it's probably okay. Well, the wife, her condition got so bad that she said, I will never live in this house. I don't care what you do to it. You... <laughs> That's Elvis's feeder. <laughs> Dina and I both talking about ghosts. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, but it, oh, look, it, there he goes. Uh-huh. He did. He did. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, yeah. The wife said, I'll never, I'll never live here no matter what you do. And she goes, I'm sorry. I know it's his dream that he wanted to come back to his hometown and, and do this Airbnb, but I can't do it. I'm not doing it. And that was the way that they left it. Even though the redhead told her, You'll, it's okay now. Or it will be when I get these ghosts mm-hmm. out of here. So anyway, they sold it immediately. I mean, pretty quick from what I could see. Okay, then if you go on the website for it, it is no longer an Airbnb. Um, I'll get to what it is now because I can't remember. But this is what the current owners say. It appears there never was a Walter and Martha Dixon, at least not one associated with this house. There was a Walter and Grace Dixon who lived here from 1928 to 1930. He was born in 1873, was a doctor, and he did die in the house of a heart attack in 1930. His wife Grace did not die at the top of the stairs. She died in Iberia, Missouri in 1947. Clearly he was born after the Civil War, so he didn't treat any Civil War soldiers in the house. Um, The pictures that websites have of Walter and Martha Dixon aren't Walter and Martha Dixon. They're two completely different people. The house was not built in 1850, but instead somewhere between 1890 and 1910. Um, The staircase that she stood on top of supposedly came from England. These people say it did not come from England. It was built by James Hickman and Lemuel Payne, uh, just like the one three miles up the road in the house built for Jacob Catron in 1899. So all of that makes for great stories, but it, according to the current owners who uh, profess to have done painstaking research, said it's not true. So I'm just going to briefly go through the history of the house because it will give us hints about why this house might be haunted. Um, so the first thing that they could find this current owner on the house was 1812 and a woman named Sarah Lee was the first recorded owner of the land but never lived there. Then 1836 to 1875 there was a man named Reverend Jacob Shaw McComb Sr. Now remember I said uh, on the dead files there was a woman who was judgmental and had anxiety and died there crying over a man. This might be, his wife might be the person that um, is the weeping woman. But anyway, this dude, Macomb, was a farmer, teacher, and minister. He was also a union soldier. And, um, the on this Dead Files episode, they had a genealogist on who said, his child died and his wife died in in the house. So that might be it. Oh, okay. So his first wife, Emily, died at age 40 on the property. One of their 10 kids also died here at age five weeks. He married immediately. And his 
Okay, they had 10 kids. His second wife, Julianne, had six kids with him, and she died somewhere else. And his third wife, Eva, never lived on the property. And then he went to Oregon and died in his 90s. So um, there is some evidence that his first wife, I mean, he married so quickly that maybe she's the ghost because... Elvis is on Dina's lap with his tail in her face, just <laughs> yes. so. And I'm talking. See, he's mad at me because I was gone for like a week and a half. So he's going to, in front of me, love everyone. So, sorry about that. Okay. Then, from 1875 to 1883, there was a doctor, Dr. John Connor. He was a doctor. Of John Connor. John, I know. <laughs> Not that one. Not the okay. Terminator one. He wasn't, well, maybe he was. I mean, they did know. time yeah. travel a lot. That's right. He was a doctor, a coroner, and a teacher. He was the Miller County coroner from 1875 to 1881. His office and apothecary shop are believed to have been on the property, but the current house didn't exist at that time. So he would have treated patients and prepared bodies on the property. So, that, okay, that is a possibility. Right. Um, his wife was Eleonora. They had three kids. Uh, they both, she, she died in 1911. He died in 1921. Um, okay. Then John C. Martin owned the house from 1885 to 1893. He was a merchant, farmer, and innkeeper. He is possibly the builder of the current house. He owned the Martin Hotel in town. He played the fiddle. His wife played the organ. They had eight children. Um, twins who were stillborn and were buried within a thousand feet of the property so there's more. you know more yeah. 1893 to 1901 clifford j thompson was the postmaster in miller county he was another possible builder of the house if john martin wasn't uh they had three kids while living on the property but none of them died on the property then from 1901 to 1907, James Thompson was a merchant and co-owned a store with um, another guy in town. They just said he might have built the house. So then from like 1885 to 19, you know, 16, 1920, they're not really sure. Okay, from 1907 to 1916, Joseph McWilliams was a miller. Um, a foreman at the post office, owner of the electric company, and owner of the first car in Brumley, another potential builder of the house. Um, nobody died on the property. Clyde, oh, 1916 to 1919, Clyde Fred Pemberton was a farmer, salesman, and oil field worker. They had five kids. Nobody died on the property. But the house is built by then. So, again, they don't know who built the house, but Pemberton is living in it by 1916. 1920, Charles Short was a teacher, banker, and politician. His wife, Cora, was a school teacher. And then um, in 1928, here's where this Walter Dixon, Dr. Walter Dixon, comes in. And this is where the historian on the dead files starts up. So, I mean, the owners did a whole lot of work prior to who the, what the dead files pulled up, right? Uh, so this Walter Duncan guy, Dun Walter Duncan Dixon, he was a doctor. He did, his wife, Grace, um, 
I mean, he had a wife, Grace. Um, he actually died of a heart attack in the house in 1930. So he may be one of the people. Um, she, however, died somewhere else. So then when he died in 1930, I mean, he bought the house in 1928. He wasn't there very long because he died suddenly. The house passed to his son, James Dixon. Now, James was an alcoholic and... He was a mailman, a prison guard, a timekeeper. He, he was known to have anger issues, so he'd go get drunk and beat up people. And so he showed up at the post office drunk one time with a gun, threatening to kill a man that made him mad from town. But Dr. Myron Jones, who was a town doctor, happened to be there and was able to disarm him and took the gun back to his wife. Um, in 1935, James Dixon sold the home coincidentally to Dr. Myron Jones. Um, so it, it's just kind of weird that he's the one that disarmed him and then he sells the house to them, right? Uh, um, James Dixon dies in 1965, but not in the house. So 1935 to 1947, Myron Jones was... Um, the second doctor in that house, he treated malaria, the Spanish flu epidemic, and ra rabbit fever. So that Spanish flu epidemic killed a lot of people. And some people think that might be the mass grave that's behind the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he practiced medicine till 1947. He built a 9,000-gallon cistern under the house. He was mayor. Um, he, too had uh, a wife who died and then he remarried like two years later. He treated hundreds of six, six sick patients um, and he died in 1989 in Washington. So he didn't die in the house, but lots of patients did. Um, let's see, Charles Bass bought the house in 1947. Uh, he didn't die in the house. I mean, uh, he died later in Jefferson City. Uh, William Burt Sullivan was a barber. He bought the house in 1956. Um, he was reported to smell like rose talcum powder, and there is a story that you can smell that. Uh, he died in the house from complications of arthritis, which is interesting. I didn't know you could die from that, but okay. Maybe back then. Yeah. So in 19, after he died, uh, his wife continued to live there. She was a seamstress and cooked and owned a hat shop. Um, she died in the house from old age dementia in 1984. Um, in 1971, th this isn't a person that owned the house, but there was a murder-suicide 500 yards from the property, so that could have been... And then uh, somebody else inherited it from Cecil um, in 1984. Um, and then they sold it to a woman, uh, I guess it was, no, he, man, 1984 to 1988. He died in the house of a heart attack. His name was Emerson Ali. And then there's a whole bunch of people that owned the house until we get to the dead files people from two, 2013 to 2016. His name is Nick Sacco, S-A-C-C-O. I should have, I mean, I 
they pronounced it, but I don't remember. And her name was Marcy Hootner. And, um, and then they sold it to Mike and Vicki Rowland in 2016. They continued the haunted bed and breakfast ghost tours. They even hosted a festival of witches and warlocks benefit for the HOPE program at Lake Regional Cancer Center in Brimley, Missouri. I think oh. that's kind of funny. Yeah. Okay, so from 2018 to the present, as far as I could find, um, I mean, there may be other owners, but I was in Cincinnati, so I didn't call. Um, Steve and Judy Skinner are the current owners, supposedly, in 2018 when the website was made. Um, they're originally from Kentucky. They're, they've kind of retired there. They hope to continue preserving the house and hosting. So on the website, they host paranormal investigations. You can make... Uh, appointments to go on a tour of the house i mean i guess i don't you know we could maybe do that yeah. um and they conduct kind of special events but it's not a bed and breakfast anymore so there there is a, there there's a long history of this house i mean that's a lot of people that have been through there oh there's a native american site bone cave is three miles from the property and then there are the two reported graveyards in the back yard one they believe is a pioneer graveyard and the other a mass grave and they they said on the website they're still trying to get more information about the mass grave um okay so hauntings um aside from all the deaths that i've talked about before so uh according to dave harkins from the, the director of the ozarks paranormal society over the last hundred years, there have been multiple reports of a woman in an antique party dress lingering at the top of the stairs or haunting the second floor. She's also known as the crying woman or screaming woman. I would think that would be a difference, but okay. And there have been reports of disembodied screams on the second floor as well. Um, Civil War era artifacts have been found in the area, and in the 60s, local kids allegedly found a Confederate uniform in a bundle under the porch. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, somebody hiding, maybe. Um, uh, Harkins goes on to say there are at least 20 known graves on the property, and some of those are thought to be casualties um, from a skirmish near there. Um, and he says that means there's a creepy unmarked graveyard on the property. So uh, I don't know if he's equating that with a mass grave. Um, he said they had some cadaver dogs come out and found some caskets. And that, that he didn't say that actually, that came from a real estate agent named Joyce Wheeler who listed the property at one time. Okay. And you know, you have to disclose all that stuff. Um, after Dr. Jones retired, the house fell into disrepair for 50 years until it was purchased by the Dead Files people. So, you know, if it's neglected. Um, so this is uh, this uh, Dave Harkins investigation. He says, I was contacted by the owners of the Castle House to come and help them understand some of the strange occurrences they'd been experiencing. He and his team headed to Brumley to see what was going on. During that preliminary investigation, we experienced several strange occurrences. The two most notable were disembodied whistling that seemed to follow us around the property. The second is what sounded like footsteps following us in certain upstairs areas of the house. And that was during the day. 
a few weeks later, they braved the spirits and came back at night. He says about that, during our investigation, we had many personal experiences, including whistling, cold spots, seeing furniture moving on its own, and hearing crying or weeping. As far as solid evidence is concerned, we captured several Class A EVPs. I don't know what a Class A EVP is, Dina. You're the, look that up. You look that up. Let me look that up. Okay. Well, I'm going to go on. This That's occurs. Like oh, wait, he body. says. This occurs. <laughs> again, <laughs> like a full-bodied apparition. apparition. Like the Ghostbusters. Yeah. This occurs when we ask a question aloud and receive an answer not heard by a living person and only captured on the recording hey, medium. We I know, but we didn't ask it a question. We might have. We didn't, we're just talking. We might have been asking it questions. Okay. We have a class almost a EVP. <laughs> we're going to start saying that. Except nobody believes, nobody believes it's real. I actually shared that with some people in Cincinnati who were totally freaked out. I'm like, everybody thought we we did that, but we're, we don't know how to do that. And so it was <laughs> We're real. not smart enough for that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just barely able to edit out mom's phone call so or the cat purring or whatever okay uh what does he say um oh yeah okay oh oh and i'll put the link where you can listen to that recording i did i couldn't hear anything but whatever um there's and i just want to point out there's um I couldn't find their video. Oh, I did too. I watched a little bit of the video. I never saw what they saw, but okay. I was, uh, might be otherwise occupied. Uh, he says there's also a video shot in the upstairs bedroom that was used as the exam room. Uh, they set up a motion detector and asked whatever may be in the room to manipulate it. We would ask the spirit to turn it on and off and it seemed to react on command for several hours. Um... They attribute the weeping to Mrs. Dixon, since that seems to be uh, the most viable candidate. The EVP, they think, might be from another tragedy. Um, they believe that one of the EVPs they captured was of a little girl saying, please help me. Um, they said, and I didn't find this anywhere else, but this David Harkins guy said it might have been the spirit of a young girl that was taken to the castle house after being burnt over most of her body after a large kettle of boiling water spilled on her while her mother was washing clothes. It's said that she died on the property eight days later. So, yeah, I, don't, I didn't find that anywhere. Um... Uh, so here's here's what you can do. I mean, that's that's pretty much the hauntings. I, I, it's not like there's no. It's like here's the history. Here's what's happening. Nobody has been able to kind of stick the two together, really. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool because that leaves it open to people like us and hopefully people like you who can go there and take a tour, right, and see what you find. So here's what they here's what they offer. Um, you can do an overnight paranormal investigation. Um, your group will have complete access to the entire haunted castle house and property for 18 to 24 hours. That'd be cool okay. if you had a group. Yeah. You can do four-hour ghost hunts. Um, they can be guided or not, and they, they would provide the equipment if you needed it. Or you can do one-hour tours, and that is guided 
of the house in the graveyard. And then they say, come see why we were named the most haunted house in the Midwest. So that is the story of the haunted castle house in Brumley, Missouri. I've never, ever heard of that. Me neither. And I don't remember anything I just said. Awesome. <laughs> and my drink is still like three-fourths full <laughs> because gross. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't um, drink mine either. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I guess I'd heard of Brumley, Missouri yeah, before, how far but is that a, let me let me look. It's northish, maybe northeast. I looked it up, but again, Brumley. so many things have happened between the time I wrote this story and <laughs> Brumley, Missouri, is two hours and twenty minutes away from here. Northeast, right? Isn't it under St. Louis a little bit? It's by Osage Beach. Oh, okay. Brumley. I know that Brum- Lake of the Ozarks. It's south of. Like the Ozarks. I know it's a really small town. Um, so anyway, that's it. Yep. The when you look it up, it pops up Dollar General. Hey, Brumley Lions Club and the Haunted Castle House. Okay, <laughs> Those and are there are the three things. There you are get your from three Brumley, things <laughs> yeah, that you can go do in Brumley, Missouri. Uh, get a Coke at the Dollar General. Yeah, and some Doritos. <laughs> Go see what the lions are doing. Yeah. Maybe a burger. Might be a cheeseburger. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, too. Might be a cheeseburger that you could take those things to the haunted, haunted castle yeah, house. Yeah, castle house and ghost tour. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was interesting. Like I said, I really, I'd never heard of that before. I know. So, see, whatever people ask us, are you afraid you're going to run out of topics? This is why we're not, because we've lived here our entire lives. And I'd never heard of that yeah. before. So, And the Ozarks is big. I mean, yeah. you know, there's so much stuff that we haven't even... I mean, Oklahoma, I'm sorry, Oklahoma listeners, we we will get better about um, representing you, but the biggest parts of the Ozarks are Missouri and Arkansas, and there's just so much stuff, you know. Elvis is shoving his head into my hand, so I will pet him. <laughs> Poor Elvis. He was so mistreated. I know. Um, Pace is gone right now, too. And that's Poe, our cat, lives in Pace's room. And he is not happy. Yeah. It's so funny how they get so mad. Yeah. So I'm sure Pace, I know what Pace is going to say. How many times did he puke in my room? Because every time he leaves, he pukes in his room. Well, that's on purpose. mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what you get for leaving. So what Elvis is doing to me is, so I got him this feeder that scared Dina and I so that he could have little foods during the day because I, my nieces came and fed him in the morning and at night. And so he will wake me up at like seven o'clock and his feeder goes off at 7.30. So he'll trot in there, eat it really fast and come back to scream at me for an hour and a half. So this morning I finally got up at 8.30 and I walk in the kitchen and there's food in the freaking feeder. I could have killed you. (laughs) Poor Elvis. Oh, anyway. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Don't forget yeah. to subscribe and give us all the stars. Um, Tell us what you want to hear. We got a special. We we went and did some things with someone who told us what we wanted, what they wanted to hear, and we'll get. Will that'll yep. be coming up? Yep, that'll be coming up. And then um, Scooter and I kind of um, did a impromptu research 
um, on our, our trip that we went on. So, And I, if you looked at this episode, I know what I want to do for my very next story. So okay. we got lots of good stuff. And we're hoping that we get to actually go do some stuff too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So thanks for listening. A website, Patreon. Yeah. Did you say? Social it? media. Well, yeah. We, I okay. Mean, yeah. All, all right. All right. And remember. If you liked it, tell all your friends. But if you didn't. Keep your big mouth shut. <laughs>